Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But I'm an athlete. I was an all-everything basketball player. When you come to an athlete and you ask them to play a sport and you ask them to play against a 12-year-old who literally destroyed me. <laughs> When things like that happen, one or two things happen. Either you no longer become a jock or you start training. Time to serve up another podcast for you guys today. That's a pun. Cuss, we're talking about tennis, but I'm not going to get into that just yet. Let me talk about something that I do love that I can get into right now. My co-host, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. And I, I'm very happy. To, in fact, I love sitting here with you, David Magadoff, my co-host. So uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys. And we are we are definitely talking about tennis today. You can tell by all the puns going back and forth. Yes, we loved recording this episode so guys leon is here and you know leon not only from him having essentially one beautiful name made of four letters but you know him from oz diary of a single mom cool runnings yes above the rim get richard die trying he got nominated for an emmy as little richard the temptations movie he was in the madonna sex book yes that madonna sex book he's a model very handsome uh please make sure you see the social medias of this episode just so you can fawn over him uh he's a singer uh, that's why he got nominated for an emmy for little richard uh he's also in more things like city on the hill in showtime and has a new movie coming out this year opposite bruce willis called a day to die this man does it all there is nothing he doesn't do he runs he jumps he sings he acts he's good looking and i feel very uh insufficient next to him but i had a lovely conversation with him uh with claire what a cool guy huh claire he is so nice and i love that you know he has found tennis later in his career sort of you know what i mean i mean we i don't want to get too much into it we'll talk about that but he you know it gives him such dynamics as an actor as an artist i think anyone not just leon when you have things happening outside of your artistic realm and he's got a lot happening all over the place 
He's the kind of guy, like I said, he's done all these things, and I just admire people who do lots of different things. Claire, I think you and I are two people who do lots of different things. We are actors. We are podcast hosts. We are uh, entertainers of many degree. Uh, I host game shows. It's a very, we do it all. We're people who say yes and have a lot of fun, and I think there are some people who like to stay in one lane, but I love seeing a guy like Leon, and I think he matches our hearts because you know what? Saying yes to fun things. I know that when I do other things that aren't necessarily quote unquote straight acting, they help me still be a better performer and entertainer. I know this podcast helps me do better on set. Like it's a fascinating thing. Everything helps each other. And as long as you're entering into fun, which is what I think Leon does with his career and is also what he's doing with tennis. So Mm -hmm. everyone, please enjoy. Sampras or Agassi? Wow, Sampras or Agassi? <laughs> Definitely, uh, I'd say Sampras because Sampras was um, Roger Federer's idol. Oh, it all comes back to Federer. Man, that guy, he's just going to be 55 and keep playing, huh? Always comes back to Fed, trust me. <laughs> so if, for someone who has never played tennis, doesn't know anything about the sport, Leon, how do you quickly describe, you know, tennis? Well, first of all, I see the entire world like this. He's holding up his racket and looking right through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad used to have tennis rackets. I must admit they were wood. <laughs> and he used to tell me, son, I want you to learn to play this sport. This is a sport that I think you'd be really good at. And I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a gentleman's sport. I'm like, okay, whatever you say, dad. I went around talk to all my friends, talk to people I didn't even know. Nobody plays tennis. <laughs> everyone plays basketball and football. Now, hold on. Leon, right. for context, where where were you? Like, you're saying everyone plays. Is What city, what town are you in? I grew up in New York City. I grew up in, and I grew up primarily in Mount Vernon and the Bronx. Cool. So, yeah, no one's playing tennis. They're all just doing street ball and, and ba- baseball. Exactly. Exactly. So, no one played tennis. I said, Dad, I, I like to play, but there's no one to play with. So, I'm going to play football and basketball. And he was a basketball player. My dad actually um, was offered a contract with the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, wow. He came out of college. So, you see, so he, he, you know, basketball was his thing. And he always wanted me to play basketball, but he also wanted me to play tennis at a very young age. And I wish I had. But then again, I probably would have had two rotator cup surgeries by now. And that would have been fun either. <laughs> so, uh, and then jump to flash forward many years, decades later. I decide that, um, you know, I want to play tennis, basically because a friend of mine took me out to meet Dave Marshall, who's actually the coach of the Bryan Brothers. And uh, I met him before he even had his club or anything, and we were just playing tennis. He was a big admirer of Above the Rim, this movie I started. So mm-hmm. he wanted to play basketball with me. I just wanted to play tennis. So, but I'm an athlete. I was an all-everything basketball player. When you come to an athlete and you ask them to play a sport, and you ask them to play against a 12-year-old who literally destroyed me. <laughs> when things like that happen, one or two things happen. Either you no longer become a jock or you start training. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was, that was your impetus to start training. Yeah, I decided I wanted to play tennis. And then being in Jamaica every year at Christmas time with my girlfriend at the time, um, who was Australian and was actually was going to represent her country in the um, 
high jump, but broke her ankle right before the Olympic trials. We're playing tennis with an instructor. And the guys are joking around saying, oh, your girlfriend hits better than you. Look at her. She's way better tennis player than you. Click. <laughs> the New York City athlete comes on. Next thing you know, I'm calling Dave Marshall. And I'm going down to his tennis academy. And I'm like training with him. That is amazing. I love that. And when you held the racket up to your face like just now, and it was this really amazing image of you like looking through the racket and you said, this is my lens. This is how I see the world. It's obviously kind of a, a joke thing, but it also there's like something more there, you know, when you're so attracted to a sport or an idea or a concept. So what what is it about tennis that does affect the way you see the world? Well, you know, being an athlete my whole life, you know, and then even, you know, competing, I played um, D1 basketball. I played some pro ball in Europe. Which college did you play basketball? Loyola Marymount. Oh, yeah? Los Angeles. That's what got me out to L.A. That's how I got discovered on campus by a, a graduate filmmaker. <laughs> LMU. Uh, fun. Yeah. And so, you know, to be after your whole life and then, you know, to after a while not be able to compete anymore or, or doing that to find something that grabs your attention the way tennis grabbed my attention i don't know made me feel like a kid again made me mm -hmm. feel like wow i actually like i'm going someplace to train at my mm -hmm. age we're not doing training i'm not going to be in wimbledon you know what i'm saying but you know it's just the idea of when you're an athlete things things are so much fun for anybody whether you're an athlete or not when you're good at it mm -hmm. Do you like the challenge of it, Leon? Because, it, and you were kind of like, I'm so good at this, I'm so good at that. Maybe it's not a challenge for you anymore, but this felt like a challenge or not really. It actually felt more just like you said, fun and play and it's just something new. No, it definitely is a challenge. Because mm -hmm. when you play a team sport and, and as you um, get older, it's hard to find good basketball games where everybody can play. It'd be four guys out of the 10 that can really hoop. <laughs> Other six trying to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. <laughs> so when you play tennis now, especially singles, it's just you. That's a challenge. I mean, when you go home and you didn't play well, you can't blame the other guy for not hitting the shot. And you only need one, you only need one friend versus four. And then another five. <laughs> exactly. 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 You know, and so... For me, it was just much more grown and sexy. So, well, I also agree with you. Like, I'm the same way. If I'm good at something, I'm having a lot more fun than if I'm learning or new or no like, I like to what be. A it is. If you're good at it, it's more fun. <laughs> it is more fun. So, to get good, you mentioned training. So, tell us about your training. How many times a week? How often? How many? How many different rackets? Different rackets for different weather. Different rackets for different courts. Tell me all about it, Leon. Night rackets, day rackets. You guys have me much more, <laughs> much more advanced than I am. <laughs> um, you know, because of my schedule, you know, between acting and, and singing with my band and producing, you know, I don't get to play as often as I like. And so many times, you know, I'll, I'll go a couple of weeks without playing, you know, but I always have my rackets with me. I'm always looking to play. Mm -hmm. When I can, in a perfect world, I would play tennis, you know, at least three or four times a week go to train at um, a tennis academy at least once a month. And that would be in a perfect world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as you know, we're in show business and, you know, there's nothing perfect about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect when you're working. And when you're working, you feel like you'll always be Even working. Even when you're working, it's not perfect. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you take rackets with you when you yes, travel? all the time. Okay. Matter of fact, my tennis bag is like my luggage now. 
Like it has my rackets in there, some gear to wear, and then the other a whole section is for other stuff that I need <laughs> that can't fit my suitcase. Do you have like a spot when you're traveling? You're like, yeah, in LA, I go here. Okay. And in Moscow, I go here. <laughs> and in Jamaica, you know, wherever you're going, you know. Yeah, I do. But lots of times I, I you know, because of my coach and the network and, and meeting other and knowing other pros and stuff, I just call people and say, yo, who do you have over here? Who can hit with me over here? Or where can you get me in over here? And they just... It's usually they know somebody somewhere. The tennis mafia. Yeah. And, you know, and then it also helps, you know, being a, a known actor. Because then, you know, if you call people out of the blue, oh, my friends are so-and-so, who the hell is your friend? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But people want to play with right, you. That's right. such a cool way to, like, make friends across the world. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, that's the one thing I've always loved on the upsides about doing what I do is that we can go to towns you've never been in and have friends. It's really true. So tell me, so you randomly are in this town, you you get set up on a, for a tennis match, you and a guy you've never met before. Or, 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 or a lady. Or a lady. Do you take it easy for the first set or do you just go in like gangbusters, let me show them what I got, I'm not going to back off at all? What's your strategy? Well, it depends. I mean, usually when you go to hit with someone, you're not necessarily playing a match or anything. You're just hitting. Mm-hmm which is, you know, best way to work on your strokes. And so it really depends, you know, you, you just hit with someone and then and you start hitting your best shots and you just see, you know, if you want to play points or if you want to really go at it. Usually it depends who I'm hitting with. If I'm hitting with a pro, the first thing I say to the pro, I says, don't hit it to me. And he knows what that means, okay? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to hit it to you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so let's just go at it and have some fun. You know, and that's just fun. It's just fun. And the better the player, the, usually I like to play with players that destroy me mm-hmm. because that's the only way you get better. Like a challenge. Yeah, exactly. That, that that guy in the first set, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't even return to serve or something. In the next set, you know, you, you, you actually win two games. And then is the post-game conversation kind of just as important as like the volleying back and forth in other words like analyzing like well when this ha- like you just said like i wasn't able to return the serves or i wasn't able to return the balls but then all of a sudden you know like that conversation between two avid players tell me about that part well what i love about it it's like the opposite of basketball so you know usually i won't even have to say that i played better the second set usually the, my opponent will say something because that's the way the game is. It's like a gentleman's sport. They're like, wow, your backhand really improved that second set. You were really hitting it down the line. And I was like, yeah, but I just can't get you across court. You really, the way you hit it. Like, it's almost a complimentary game. It's like you compliment the other player. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and it's great. It's absolutely great because you're competing. But it's not like, well, you know, in basketball, you know, I've had guys that, that have hurt me. I've had guys waiting for me outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm like, no. I'm not doing any of that. I want to play a game where my opponent hits a great shot and I go like this. Yeah, that's not very Reggie Miller yeah. of uh, of you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. Not at all. I'm past that point. Trust me. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey you, it's Jason Bateman. 
you listen to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is JJ well, JJ JJ. Why are yeah. you why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the in the in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like they are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery. We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests. All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a wondering fan, then you're going to stone. Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen uh, to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car. Just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. How often do you play? Like on a given week? Like what what does that look like for you? It just depends. It depends on where I'm at. Like last week I was in, you know, LA. So I played five t- five days out of seven. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, the weather, you got weather, it's yeah. courts there. You know, here in New York, I gotta go I have to go indoors. So I have to reserve a court or someone has to have a court and you know. More of a process in New York, for sure. Yeah, I just don't get to do it as often during this time of year, unless I'm in a warm weather climate. I was in Costa Rica for the first two weeks of the year, and I played, you know, every other day. It was great. When I when I practice yoga, that's like kind of my tennis is yoga. I and I get to practice, you know, four or five times a week. I am a happier, better, funnier person. Is that how you are with tennis? Does it improve like the quality of of your emotional and mental state as well as your physical yeah, state? Without a doubt, you know, and, and it's also it's my main cardio. Do actually, mm-hmm. you know, I hate riding on a bike. I hate that man. I hate jogging on a treadmill. No, but I will chase a ball for hours. <laughs> I sound like a little bit like a dog, don't I? <laughs> it, it's it's t- it's going back to like that. I, listen, it's it's an instinct, you know, an athletic instinct is just, you know, that's the great part, I think, when you're deep into whatever sport you're into or whatever, is you actually get to turn off the intellectual part of your brain and go on instincts. Does that happen to you, you when you play? To, you have to just play on instincts, you know, you have to just, you know, if you're in your head the entire time, I don't care what you're doing, it's not, it's not going to work. And it's fun. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. like childhood again for you. So... It totally makes sense. Running around for a ball is pretty much what you do for a kid, you know? So I think it's great yeah, exactly. that you're getting in touch with that part of yourself. No, it's, you know, you, you never really lose it if you're an athlete, but then you start to lose it maybe for the game that you play. That makes sense. For example, you know, I'm an avid, you know, watch of sports and, and the sports radio and things like that. I do a lot of it. And I'm always saying, stop jumping on these athletes, these what I, kids basically for what they say or what they tweeted or whatever. I mean, they're 26 years old. They're 24 years old. Like, what do you expect? They've been playing the same game between the same lines since they've been six years old. They just happen to make millions of dollars now. That doesn't, that's not a great recipe for maturity. Okay? So, you know, talk about the way they play. Don't worry about what they say. (laughs) All right, clay, Mm -hmm. grass, concrete. What do you say? Wow. Concrete. That's that that's straight up city tennis. <laughs> that's street. We call it street ball. Street ball tennis. <laughs> I prefer hardcore. Yeah. Because no, it's a faster sport. It's faster. 
I've only played on grass a couple of times, and that's that's weird. I think it's weird too. I'm with you. <laughs> the ball doesn't come up. The ball is like it never comes up on grass. You hit it, it just stays down there. You might as well stay in a crouch position the entire time. You ever been to Wimbledon? No, I haven't been. I'd love to, yeah. I was in London, and I remember I asked someone how far Wimbledon was because I was just too curious. And it's a 45-minute ride on the tube, and I went. And it really, and I'm not a huge tennis person, unlike you, who very much is. And I had a a bit of a spiritual moment. So I cannot wait to hear what it's going to be like for when you go because you're going to flip your shit. (laughs) Well, I actually want to go to the Australian Open first. Yeah, every all the players on the tour say that's the you know that's their favorite tournament, and I and I can imagine that Wimbledon is a bit strict. Yeah, it's just so pretty. It just it's just so. But a lot, of, but a lot of rules, I'm sure. Oh yeah, but just walking around the area, like you're saying, that's a gentleman's sport, and it really feels very. This is this is that gentleman mecca feeling of just that British proper uh, kind of you know feel, and I think that's. The fans wearing white as well? Uh, I wasn't, no, I, I literally just went. I didn't go to Wimbledon when it was active. I just asked, like, what? It, where's the town of Wimbledon? <laughs> oh, oh, I just oh, walked oh, around. I, oh, I thought you actually went to the No, <laughs> that costs money. I just walked <laughs> around and checked it out and just, you can go right up to the gate and look inside and walk. I mean, it, it was just great. So that's, and that's just me walking up. I can't imagine actually being there. I remember I did, I've been to a few tennis uh, tournaments over the years, but yeah, it's so engaging. I think uh, hockey and tennis are the best live sports personally when you're as, as a fan. To me, hockey's only exciting live. Yeah, yeah I agree. T- terrible on TV. Yeah. Amazing yeah, yeah. live. People are, but people haven't been to a live hockey game. They don't realize how it is live. It's really exciting, especially if they seat you first row behind the goldie. Very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Wimbledon in Australia, notwithstanding, have you ever played in a tournament for tennis? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've played in some USTA tournaments. Okay, tell me about like whether it was in the tournament or whether it was in a totally different scenario, maybe not even a professional game, just out with someone. Tell me about your most amazing tennis moment that you've ever had. Wow, my most amazing moment. Tennis what shot? What what like were you able to accomplish? What was the thing you did with the racket where you were like, I can't believe that just happened? <laughs> wow. Um I don't know. I really don't know. I you know I haven't played enough tournaments. I'd have to say maybe um having a hitting session with um a friend of mine, Duty Seller, who was the number one t- tennis player mm-hmm. in Israel. And um Ooh. And he asked me to jump in and hit with him. And we hit for a while. And, and I was, I did really well. I mean, I mean we, I was, we were really going at it for a while. I mean, I was, and, and it was like, when you, and when someone like that is hitting the ball to you, the way you hit the ball back just changes. All that Yes, top your game is elevated. All that, spin, all that pace. And you find yourself playing at another level. You know, very often I'll be at a tennis, I'll be at a tennis facility and, you know, there might be a couple of pros there on the other court. And I can be honest with you, the game that I'm playing and the game that they're playing is two different games. <laughs> I mean, entirely two different games. But when you can play or hit with someone like that and you feel like you're in that game that you're watching. I was at um, Sports Time, Johnny Mac's place over here on Randall's Island. And I'm on one court. Mm-hmm. 
And on the other court next to me is Billie Jean King and two other people. And then Johnny Mac was with his, his partner. And Curios was on the other side, hitting with someone else. So you can only imagine, like, my concentration or lack of thereof. Right. <laughs> did you go talk to Billie Jean? I actually did. I did talk. Well, okay, tell me about that. That's like... Well, good for it, you. Was, it, it, it wasn't much of anything. Even if it's a hello, good for I'm you. I'm sure it was a casual. Yeah, it wasn't much of anything. Um, well, you know, Gina Davis made a go at archery in the Olympics. Have you ever thought about like, okay, let me let me make a go at tennis? It sounds like you could be good enough with the right amount of additional training, Leon. <laughs> See, that's when if someone thought like that, that's when they do not have respect for the game. Okay, uh-huh. I am at Indian Wells. I am at the U.S. Open. I have played credentials. I'm. I watch these guys play. There is no way. Okay, I mean they are amazing athletes. You know, actually, I equate um, men, not women, in Grand Slams only, and I say this only because they play five setters. They're like modern gladiators. They go into that tunnel with all their bags, everything they have. They can't talk to their coach. Mm -hmm. They can't talk to anyone. And sometimes they don't finish until five and a half hours later. I mean, that is just, it's crazy to even think about. Yeah, it is. They can't talk to their coach. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. They go into that tunnel and they have everything in the, every towel, everything, every racket. They, no one to help them. This is what they have to do unless they call for a medic because they get hurt. And that's it. That's the that's where like the mind part of the game comes in, right? Oh, it's like the mental game. I mean, it's it's beyond endurance at that point. It's the way your mind is set. Like you look at Nadal. I mean, how he how does this guy get stronger in hour four than he was in hour two? That's crazy. Do you ever watch like old matches to like pump you up? Well, I watch Roger Federer, of course. You know. When you're watching t- uh, tennis, how's that? Are you yelling at the TV? Is Are there broken rackets? Do you have to watch with people? Do you watch by yourself? Do you watch occasionally? Do you watch all the time? Volume on, volume off, smoothie, smoothie no? I'll watch most Grand Slams. I'm not invested in it unless Roger Federer is in it. I just love to watch tennis. What's and okay? I- Let's talk about Federer for a second. What is it about Federer that just makes you... So fucking happy. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just the style of his game. You know, he's like, you know, a Baryshnikov of tennis. You know, he makes it, he makes it look easy. He makes it look, you know, you know, so skillful. You know, it's like, you know, you can see guys like, for, like I respect, you know, all the players. You know, they're all great. I mean, especially the top three, you know, Djokovic and Nadal and Federer. But, it, it, but especially, you know, watching Nadal's game, for example. I mean, he's grunting. He's hitting every ball like he wants to just beat its ass. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, and, and he's amazing. Amazing. But then you watch Federer and it's like, it's just smooth. It's just a smooth out game. It's just like, I don't know. It's a style thing. Love it. He's got flavor. I dig it. Funny enough, I got my kids tennis rackets for Christmas. (laughs) We don't know anything about tennis. I didn't play growing up, but we've been going out and having fun. What would your advice be to like my kids who want to get into the sport? They really don't know anything. They really don't have like a direction yet. What would you say to them? Well, first thing I'd say to you is take some lessons. Take a couple lessons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, yeah, no, because then then you'll, you'll have fun. 
because you'll be able to do it. And then mm-hmm. you'll also, especially for your kids, they'll know and you'll know right away if they take to it. You'll see. It's like as soon as they know how to hit the ball right and they do it, you'll see and they'll see. They're, they're like, oh, I can do this. I like this. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's the main thing because, you know, when you first play tennis, like I was an athlete, you know, so I could get to any ball. I didn't know mm-hmm. what to do with it. <laughs> you know what I'm right, I, right. One way they, they couldn't get it by me, but when I got to it, it's like it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. You know what I'm saying? It was ridiculous. So, I mean, that's what I would say. I was just say, take some lessons and learn like how you're supposed to play. And then you'll know right away if you like it or not. You know, it is, mm-hmm. it's the natural feelings. Like, you know, like so many of my friends take their kids out to play and you could, they could tell the kid who's going to be out here playing regularly and the, and the mm-hmm. ones that won't because they just, they don't take to it right away. Are any of the ladies stick out to you? Like Serena? Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, you know, Serena's all time great and, you know, and. I, lo- I mean, a lot of the women are just, you know, fantastic players. I mean, I just, I thought the last U.S. Open with the, uh, was just amazing. You know, those matches and the girls coming through the qualifiers to win. And I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, and, that, that British know. girl who's like 18. Boy, she just went. Yeah, yeah. She just yeah. tore it up. Raduku, Rad- Raduku, I'm forgetting her name. <laughs> yeah, great. And and the girl she played. <laughs> yeah. They're both kids. Lila, Layla, so like the, she was the she was the darling of the tournament. It was fun, you know. I mean, you know, women's tennis, like women's basketball, it's actually in a lot of ways more technically sound to watch the women play because they're playing the game usually the right way. They don't have that over athleticism that allows them to do things, you know, unconventional or not the way you're supposed to do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so you're actually watching mm-hmm. the game played the right way, whether it be basketball or tennis mm-hmm. or anything else. You know, and so um, because the speed of the game is not as is, is fast. So, you know, you know what, what a lot of guys make up with, they make up a lot in power and speed that they don't do technically right. Yeah. You know, where women where women can't get away with that. They have to be technically sound. What's your favorite part of the game? Serving, volley, returning, that big overhead smash? Something else. <laughs> what makes you What makes you happiest at the end of a, a you wiping that sweat off your brow at the end of a day? Well, getting my first servant. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's usually the key to playing any matches. If you, you get your first servant, you don't really have any excuse for losing. <laughs> I totally know what you mean because it's like it sets the tone for like what you're about to do over the next like hour or whatever, you know, getting that first like serve in. Do you ever have a moment where you're like, this is not happening today? I am not able to, you know, get it going. Of course, you know, once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's one of the things we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, it's, it's a game in which you're playing against yourself so many times. So, you know, it's like, it's it's you. Either you play well or you don't play well. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes, you know, if you were really into it, if I, like, I can imagine tennis players, you know, that are on the circuit, you know, as many nights, they don't sleep well. So what when someone goes pro, what do you think makes them decide to go single or doubles? Because, like, you're absolutely right. If you're single, you're, you're a gladiator on your own. If you're doubles, you're giving away 50% of the responsibility. Well, by the time you go pro even if you're a teenager 
you've already you've already gone through the circuit. You've already been playing singles and doubles. You're already number one singles and number one doubles, whatever. So you're gonna already know what you know what you prefer to play in and where you think you're gonna um, have success. Um, many pros, mm-hmm. you know, they go into doing both. They go into playing singles and doubles, and you know, whatever one pops off mm-hmm. for them, that's what happens. You know. I mean, even the Bryan brothers, you know, who want single players, you know, and then decided to concentrate on doubles. Mm-hmm. What's your preference for you, for Leon? For exercise singles, but doubles are a lot of fun. If you play with really, if you play with good players, it's really fast and it's a lot of fun, you know. So, yeah. And look, you know, if it's a racket and a ball and, and everyone's getting the ball over the net, it's fun for me. <laughs> Easy. I love that. I totally agree. <laughs> Leon, one of my favorite questions at the end of these podcasts is simply this. Why? I know you said at the beginning, your father, huge influence, all that. If you've never thought about it, I want this to be the moment. Why do you think you love playing this game as much as you do? Do you think it like it takes you back to saying yes to your father as a possibility? Does it say yes to your childhood inside every day? Like, What are you... What do you get out of it, do you think, from a really emotional standpoint as a person? I think it um, it's one of the things that I do that keeps me young. It's one of the things that I do that, that allows me to have the same feelings that I've had my whole life, to be able to compete, to be able to want to be good at something. Um, you know, as many, so many of my peers at this point in their lives, they're not <laughs> trying to become good at anything. You know, and so, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's that, it's that challenge that I have. It's that, um, it's that thing that makes me feel, you know, young and like a kid. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. Well, thanks for making us feel like kids today and going back (laughs) to our childhoods and thinking about our sports that we were definitely good at because I was fantastic at all the sports. So that's just, (laughs) is that a blockbuster hat? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the best sport I did. I could pick a movie out like nothing, like nothing. <laughs> New releases, old releases, romance. Who who would ever think that a blockbuster hat would be like considered anti clothing? Yeah, yeah, not the, not the CEO of Blockbuster at the time in 1995. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, Leon, uh, would you be so kind to regale us with a love letter to? the beautiful sport of tennis. Dear tennis, I want to thank you for making me a fan again, making me feel like a kid again, making me, you know, have the enthusiasm that I once had for basketball and football when I was growing up. It's great. It's great to go watch tennis and and feel like a kid. It's great to play it and feel like a kid. And, And for that, I'm forever grateful. I love you, tennis. Love, love. I don't I know love if there's <laughs> ever a score that ends in love, love, but it would be this one, and it would be good. Should I pop the question to tennis? You think you think tennis? Oh. Yes. <laughs> I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time yeah, it's, for it's sure. Time. We've been shacking up all these years. I got to make a, a yeah. Got to make her right? an honest woman. You got to make tennis an honest. Woman. Make it official. <laughs> 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. OK, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice. Only on Freebie. does make me want to go out you know as I mentioned to Leon I we got the kids rackets so it does make me want to go out and play more often I think he's right get a coach like maybe he'll coach us maybe I could just like work that out when he's next in Los Angeles but do that I, yeah I think he's he's kind of given me the motivation to not just give the gift of tennis rackets but now to follow through with some lessons you know what I mean I think you make a really nice point Miss Kramer I think all of these people who come on our podcast, they really do give us permission, don't they? Like mm -hmm. to just say yes to these things, right? Sometimes you're sitting at home and when we have a guy like Leon on to talk about tennis and we have other people on to talk about what they love, it's this feeling of, okay, well, that's their thing. And then the more you, you talk about it, I think one of the things that I, I'm learning as we're however many episodes into the Fanatics podcast uh, echelon uh, is that I feel like a lot of times I'm walking away going like hey yeah I can do that I can buy vintage t-shirts thanks Daniel Fischel okay yeah I can you know watch a zillion basketball videos and not feel like a bad person thanks James Kyson <laughs> you yes. know and hey I can play tennis you know I think there's something really fun and joyous that just sort of says it's a very yes and podcast and i think well uh, i mean the mentality in our country is to work 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 just always work keep working don't don't stop working because you need to make money you need to make money because you need to send your kids here and do this and pay for that and blah 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 and fanatics is about the moments in between the work yeah. you know and finding something that you really connect to as a person and finding that joy it brings you so if it's tennis or like you said various other examples of all the subjects we've had on the show it it does give you permission and for me i know the show fanatics has helped me recognize like, okay, even if it's just a half hour at night putting down the computer and being like, okay, well, I am going to, you know, look at my HGTV magazine or I am going to take the time to like do today's Wordle or Sudoku. I'll do that because I feel a little bit more permission to to have fun, I guess, to do something for me, only me that is not going to affect my career. 
Even though that's the wrong way to look at it. Because when you are taking care of yourself, that is bettering your career. But I think you know what I mean. I would say these are necessary parts of life. These aren't Mm -hmm. the like fun, weird moments that like if you're lucky or have fortunate amount of time. I think taking time for yourself to enjoy these fun, weird, quirky, personal, obsessive, passionate moments. I think this is what life is about. I don't think these are, well, if you have time. I think it's a reminder of like, this is what you need this part of life. Just like you need to pay, you need to pay your bill almost as much as you do need to play tennis if you're Leon. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, I think it's like, nope, I'm going to be a better, happier person. My soul's going to come alive. And in fact, I know that if I'm going to play five games of tennis this week, that is actually somehow, some way, the universe will help me pay my bills or mm-hmm. be good to what my is, spouse. Or, what you know, is your I think, tennis? I think it all comes together. What is your tennis? Mine is yoga. I mentioned it during the podcast. Like That's my like direct correlation of what Leon gets from tennis. I get that from yoga. What is your thing, like athletic thing? I love to walk. Mm-hmm. I'm a walker. I'll, I, I love walking. I live in a beautiful neighborhood in Highland Park. My wife and I will just literally go on a walk almost every day Aww. of the week if we can. And we just walk and we just walk together and we talk and we look how beautiful the neighborhood is. And it's just nice to get out there. I enjoy a good walk. I think there's books about walking and that make me feel good about it. I don't have to get the heart pressure up or heart rate up or anything. Uh, I like staying slight and svelte as a comedy Jewish boy. And I think it's like, yep, let me just walk. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please, I want you to uh, share this podcast with one of your good friends who you walk with or you yoga with or you tennis with um, who has not discovered fanatics yet because we want to bring the smaller joys in life into everyone's earbuds and ear pods. <laughs> and you can listen to us while you walk. When you're walking, guys, you don't feel bad about walking, okay? You walk to the beat of your own drum and we'll see you guys next Thursday for someone else to talk about something they love because that's how this podcast works. Bye. (laughs) Bye. All right, guys, before we let you go, let's talk about next week's episode, shall we? We have on Mr. Ben Giroux. Yes, you know him from a million things. I'll just tell you a few. He's got four and a half million followers on TikTok, so find him there as well as Danger Force, Henry Danger, he's the toddler. And he's also Nate in the highly anticipated Nickelodeon animated series, Big Nate, which is also on Paramount Plus. He's Nate, guys. And speaking of Paramount Plus and Nickelodeon, that's what we're going to be talking about with him. He has a deep, deep love of 90s Nick. Uh, You lived it. You watched it. Now come listen to it. See you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. I can't hack it if I don't have a racket. My name is Leon 
and I like tennis. I don't need lots of friends for the fun that never ends. I just need one friend, so much fun. I love tennis.